0: Enjoy. This message series is a licensed presentation of the RAM series and has received permission to include copyrighted RAM series content and to be based on components of the relationship attachment model. Therefore, any reproduction or distribution of the RAM or these messages is strictly prohibited. For licensing info, please contact www.ramseries.com. Well, I want to begin by just saying a huge Happy Mother's Day to, to all you ladies and uh, just special shout out to my wife, Donna, uh, mother of our three kids, and to my mom, who is actually watching from sunny Florida, uh, but to all you ladies, hey, we celebrate you, your unique and special calling, your heart. Uh, we celebrate also uh, that, that part of you that actually that we're going to talk about today uh, because you have so much... Of this. Now, I know uh, today's Mother's Day is going to look very different uh, than maybe what you were expecting, but I hope you feel honored and celebrated because you deserve to be every single day. Well, today we are in week four of our series, Crazy Stupid Love, and uh, we are using something called the Relationship Attachment Model, or RAM. Uh, It was actually created by a guy named Dr. John Van Epp, who's a Christian therapist and author, and uh, we've been using this picture, and uh, it's a great visual. Here's the picture, and uh, the picture is not really cool, but I think it does the job. And as you look at this picture, I I just want you to think about a few things. I first want you to think about progression. Progression that every healthy relationship just follows this progression, that you start with no, for example, before you can trust and so on. I also want you to think about that the goal of of this is to have all these as high as possible. And then the final thing, I want you to think about how relationships are fluid. For example, uh, you might be in a romantic relationship and you might be in a season in that relationship where uh, the no part might be down. And when the no part is down, do you know what often happens to the touch part? That goes down with it, which means all of these are very interrelated with one another. Now, next week, I'm going to wrap it up by talking about the final piece, which is the touch piece. Guys, this is the one that you have been waiting for, which means I'm going to stand up here uh, for for 20, 25 minutes, being blushing the whole time. But since I'm talking to an empty room, none of you are going to know anyways. But before I get to the final one today, I'm going to talk about this one right here. Commit or commitment. You know, even as I, as I say that, it doesn't sound real exciting, does not it? It's like, hey, Mark, can we skip this one and spend two weeks on touch instead? But here's the thing. Commitment might not sound exciting, but as we're going to discover, it is essential for all healthy relationships. Uh, in the past... I I struggled with commitment issues. Uh, Years ago, before Don and I uh, had kids, uh, we decided to take a step that many couples will take before they have kids, and that is we were gonna get a dog. So we went through this breeder and we got an Australian Shepherd puppy, which I know I'm biased, best dogs ever to get Australian Shepherds. And so we get this Australian Shepherd, and she's great. I mean, for the first few months, loved having her. They're high energy dogs. And uh, once again, like I said, just loved having her around. But then I reached a point where I went to Donna, and I said, hey, hey Donna, I don't like all the responsibility of this. She's too high energy. I just don't have the time for it. I, I think we need to get rid of her. And she was like, okay, no, no. If you want to get rid of her, you know you need to get rid of her because I like her, I love having her, and I think she's she's in a good home and so so I was like, okay, and so I, I searched for a home for I found a good home for, and so I gave her away well, a few months after that, I go back to Donna and I said honey i I miss our dog, I think I want to go get her back and she's like you." What do you mean get her back? You gave her away. You just can't go and get her back. And I said, well, I think I'm going to get her back. And I'm not going to bore you with the details, okay? But I just want to let you know, I was able to get her back. So we get her back. Six months later, we have to move from Kentucky, where we lived at the time, to California because of my job. And I was like, well, we can't take everything with us. And so, honey, I, I think we need to give away the dog again. And so we gave away the dog again. Now, I often think about that dog. Can you imagine just the rejection issues that that poor little dog had to deal with her entire life? But I, in the past, I've struggled with commitment issues. And here's the thing, our culture struggles with commitment issues as well. I mean, how often do we see a star athlete remain committed to the same team for his or her entire career. Even Tom Brady doesn't remain committed to the same team. I mean, how often do we see bands break up? How often do you hear stories about friendships that last an entire lifetime? How often do you hear about, about couples that, stay, that live happily ever after, deeply in love for 50 or more years? How often do you hear stories of people who stay working for the same company for over 30 years? Our culture has a struggle with commitment issues. But here's why commitment is so essential in all healthy relationships. You see, commitment, it's the glue that holds relationships together. Now, on my table here, I have all sorts of supplies now for for some of you homeschooling parents, you're looking at this, and you're going, you know that's at every table in our house because of all the homeschooling go on, but that's going on, but let's just say I have this stack of papers here, and I want to find the best way for the to keep these papers together, to hold them together. Now I've got options, okay? I could use this paper clip and I could take this paper clip, and I could paper clip this stack of papers together, and you know it'd be fine. But as we know of the paperclip, it's not really hard just to kind of open it up and the paperclip comes off and as a result, the papers are, are not held together. You know, I could use tape and I could take a couple pieces of tape and I could tape this whole top part of the stack of papers together. And, you know, that would be fine. But once again, it doesn't take much for me just to go like this. And once again, it comes apart again. I could take it up a notch. And I could staple this stack of papers together. And I could staple the whole top part. And, you know, the staples would be better than these first two. But once again, just doesn't take a whole lot to rip the papers apart. But I could go with this baby right here, good old-fashioned Elmer's glue. And I could take the glue... And on each page, I could put glue on the page, and I could put glue on the page. And every page, I could do that and then stick them together. And you know what? This would be the best option of holding it together. And you know what? That's what commitment is. Commitment is the glue that keeps our relationships from separating. Uh, I'll, when, before I'm going to uh, do a wedding for a couple, uh, I'll often they'll come to me at first, and they'll ask me about it. And uh, I'll often ask them this question. I'll say, hey, why should I marry you? And it's kind of a trick question. And here's what they'll say 100% of the time, because we love each other. And then you know, after they say it, the Air Supply songs are playing in the background and all that stuff. And I say, oh, that's so sweet. Wrong answer. And I'll say it's the wrong answer because almost every couple that gets a divorce at one time loved each other. So love wasn't enough. The right answer is because you're committed to each other. All couples that go, to, go the distance and thrive have this. You see, commitment. Commitment means saying no to the temptation a thousand times over to take the easy way out. Commitment means you, you honor your word every single time. Commitment means that instead of quitting You stick it out and see it through. Commitment means staying true to following Jesus, even when no one else around you is, even when it costs you something. You see, when you think about a truly committed person, it's who you want your kids to be. It's who you want your spouse to be, your future spouse to be. It's who you want your boss to be. And honestly, it's who you want to be as well. All great relationships are built on this non-exciting but sticky quality called commitment. So what I want to do is I want to look at a story of someone who had a huge lapse in commitment. And if you're a Christian, you probably heard this story before. And even if you're not a Christian, you might have even heard the story. We're going to look at part of Peter's story. And Peter, he wasn't only just one of the 12 disciples. He was one of the three inner circle disciples, the closest to Jesus. And we're going to look at actually Peter's story that's recorded in the book of John. And here's a little background. It's the night before Jesus was to give his life, and he's in what is called, often called the upper room. And uh, he's with his disciples, he's talking with his disciples, and Judas, the model of an uncommitted person, has just left to betray him. And Jesus is talking, about his, talking to his disciples, and he's talk, telling them what's about to happen with them. And Peter, he's hearing this, and he's not real happy about it. And so as a result, he chimes in. Here's what he says. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus, here's how committed I am to you. If they're going to get to you, they got to go through me. They even have to kill me if they're going to get to you. You see, here's what our friend Peter uh, discovers. And you know what? This is true of all of us. Oftentimes, our greatest falls in life are the ones that we proudly declare, well, that'll never happen to me. You know, I'll never break my marriage vows. I'll never disappoint my kids. I will never betray a friend. I will never walk away from God. You know, the the more self-confident we become in an area, the more open we become to a major fall in our life. Well, listen to Jesus's surprising response. He says this. He says, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Now think about what disowning means. All right, think about disowning. It's like this. It's like, hey, Peter, I thought you and Jesus were besties. Who, who's Jesus? Hey, Peter, I heard that you were there this time when Jesus fed 5,000 people with just a few loads of bread. Can you tell me about it? I I don't know what you're talking about. You see, disowning isn't, oh yeah, I forgot. Disowning is, I never did. It is the ultimate in disloyalty. And Peter did this to Jesus three times. You know, shortly after this, uh, Jesus is arrested and he's taken before the high priest for trial. And all the disciples, including Peter, they scatter. But Peter, he decides to follow at a distance because he wants to see uh, what's going to go on with the trial. And so he's following Jesus at at a distance, and he gathers around a group of people because it's night out and it's cold and they're around a fire, and he's warming up his hands, and he's warming up his hands. And as he's doing that, a middle school girl goes up to him and says, hey, weren't you with him? And Peter's like, no, I wasn't with him. Shortly after that, another person in the crowd looks at him and says, I thought I saw you with him. And Peter's like, no, I wasn't. Not long after that, a servant of the high priest challenges him and he says, I swear I saw you in the garden with him. And Peter just starts cussing him out and he says, I don't even know who that is. And immediately a rooster crows. And Peter, he realizes that everything Jesus predicted was true and he runs away in shame. I will die for you now isn't even a disciple. The next time we see Jesus and Peter together, it's, it's after the resurrection. And Peter is off doing the one thing that he knows how to do really well, and that's fish. And he's with some of the disciples, and they had been fishing all night. They hadn't caught anything. When someone from the beach yells, hey, why don't you cast your net on the right side of the boat? And with heavy sarcasm coming from the boat, they're like, hey, <laughs> Mr. Know-it-all, Thanks for the advice. We hadn't thought of that one before. When they finally discover who Mr. Know-it-all is. And here's how they start. The disciple whom Jesus loved, who's John, who's writing this, who was there, said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped in the water. And so Peter swims to shore, and the other disciples, they get to shore, and they have breakfast with Jesus. But during breakfast, Peter says nothing to Jesus. But after breakfast, Jesus says to Peter, hey, let's go for a walk so we can talk. And as we get to listen in on this conversation, I want you to just remember that when Jesus needed Peter the most, he disowned him and and Peter could never take this back. Here's how the conversation goes. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And what's interesting about this conversation is if you read the rest of it, that Jesus asked him this question three times. Why did he ask him three times? Because he betrayed him three times. And so Jesus was fully restoring Peter. And then he says to Peter, feed my lambs. In other words, Peter, three years ago, I said that I was gonna use you and you know what, Peter? That still hasn't changed. I'm gonna still use you. Listen, you may have quit on me, Peter, but I will never quit on you. And then Jesus closes with this. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. In other words, when you were young, you had the freedom to do whatever you wanted to do, Peter, but things are gonna change, Peter. But when you, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And the picture is like this that he's trying to portray with Peter, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And most people think that Jesus was referring to the fact that that Peter would be crucified. And then he said this to him, follow me, Peter. Hey, Peter, remember when you said you were going to die for me, and then you denied me? I just want to let you know, you're going to get another chance. You know, here's the thing about the rest of of Peter's story. He chose to follow Jesus knowing what was going to happen to him. And sure, it was hard, but it was more exciting than he ever could imagine. He died for it, but he experienced real life because of it. And we are here in large part because of how God used Peter. Why? All because Peter chose to remain committed to Jesus even though it was the hardest thing for him to do. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you what I call uh, three axioms or rules to live by uh, when it comes to commitment. These are things that, that I live by, I teach my kids these, and these are good for any relationship. Three, three commitment axioms. Here's the first one. True commitments show in the small and insignificant. You know, if you can't remain committed in the small things, it's a sign that you won't remain committed in the big things. The small commitments we make, they really do matter. Hey, I'll make sure I'm home early so we can play catch before dinner. Hey, we'll have date night next week. Hey, if that hurts you, I won't do that anymore. I promise I'll have the project done tomorrow. Here's the thing about small commitments. Every time a casual commitment is broken, it begins to just rip apart the very fabric of that relationship. And what seems like not that big of a deal, it begins to grow into a big deal. If you're dating someone and they have problems keeping small commitments now, don't expect them to keep big commitments later. Here's the second axiom. second axiom is this. I quit doesn't fit with me. You know, our culture says, hey, if it feels good, do it. And if it doesn't feel good, well, then don't do it. And as a result, we get manipulated by our emotions. You see, commitment, it's not a feeling. Commitment, instead, is a choice. You know, I am committed. I choose to commit to doing the right thing, even though I'm tired of doing it, even though it doesn't feel good, even though I'm not getting anything in return, I am going to commit to doing the right thing for you. There was this one time where Jesus said this. He said, if you want to live, I mean really live, you have to die. And honestly, commitment, it feels a bit like a death Sometimes, Because we have to be willing to die to getting our way and die to our feelings and dying to our ego. Now, I'm not talking about the unhealthy codependency stuff that we talked about last week, but I'm talking about true commitment means a willingness to die to putting our needs first at the expense of someone else. And you know what? That's really hard to do sometimes. You might be in a place where you're ready to quit on a relationship you might be ready to quit on a marriage or a boyfriend or a child you might be willing you might be in a place where you're going to quit on, on a job quit on a dream a hope of ever getting married you might be ready to quit on god because things just aren't turning out the way you hoped that they would but it's in these pressure situations when we feel like quitting It's when God does his best work in us and oftentimes we experience the biggest breakthrough in our relationships. Third axiom is this one. When I mess up, I own up. When I mess up, I own up. It's not if you mess up, it's when you do because we all do. And this is really hard. Because when we mess up, often our tendency is to just kind of sweep it under the rug or it's just kind of avoid it, avoid it altogether and we just kind of keep moving on with our lives. But true commitment means we own up when we don't honor our commitments. And the way that we, that we own up for it is we do this here, we repent. Now repent is not just I'm sorry, even though that's part of it. Repent is here's what I'm sorry for, and here's what I'm going to do to change. You see, when we when we wrong someone, we've hurt that relationship. Repentance is the start of the rebuilding of that relationship, and it may take time. But because we are committed people, we will see the process through. I love the story that Mike Bro. Mike, who is a mentor of mine, friend, pastor. Uh, I always remember the story that he told. He was in high school, and he was, uh, he was on the four-mile uh, relay team for track. For those of you who are keeping uh, score at home, that is 16 laps around the track. And he ran the last leg uh, um, of the team, and they each ran a mile. And so he, he had a mile to run at the end. And he talks about this team, and his team was really, really bad. He talks about this one meet in particular, and he said by the time that he got the baton from his teammate, they were already two laps down. And so, you know, he's running, and he's got two laps to go, and the race is done. And so everybody's done. He said, I had to make a choice there. Do I quit because it's all done, or do I choose to see the thing through and run my two laps? And he said, well, I decided to run my two laps. He said as he was running his two laps... He said he's being laughed at, ridiculed, mocked. He said uh, he, he just felt so stupid and ashamed as he ran it. But he said, as he finished his two laps, he learned a valuable lesson that day. He says, lesson was this. Sometimes it's not just about winning. Sometimes the most important thing is finishing. And you know, when it, when it comes to our relationships, I don't want any of us to one day look back and realize all the things that we miss, that we missed the love of a marriage that, that goes a lifetime, the closeness to, of the relationship we can have with our kids, the depth of a friendship that God uses to encourage us to be more and to do more than we ever could on our own, the friendships that we can have in our life that just bring joy into our life. And when it comes to God, the bold prayers that we, can, that we can pray, the generosity that we get to express and the purpose that God has for all of our lives. I want us to look back and see all that God did, not just in our relationships, but in our lives. And it's not gonna happen because, you know, we're the smartest, we're the wealthiest, or the most talented, but it's because we had the glue to the relationships because we were committed to seeing it through to the very end. Here's what I want us to do. Uh, I want us, no matter where you're joining us from, I want you just to bow your head and close your eyes. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to first just help us pray through uh, just some of the, the personal side of commitment and the relationships that we're in right now. You know, because for some of us, um, be honest, you aren't keeping these small commitments in your life. And it's hurting some of your relationships. You know, for some of you, you're, you're ready to quit uh, because things are hard in a relationship right now. And for some of you, you've messed up in a relationship. And as a result, uh, you've just kind of avoided it and you keep moving on. What I want to just do is I want to take some time and I want to be honest with God about that and then to commit to God that we're going to be people of commitment. And, uh, and then we're going to go from here and do the things that we need to do to, to make those relationships right. And so I want you to bow your head. Let me pray. Father, um, commitment is not one of those things we, we, we talk about that much. Uh, we just kind of overlook it. But God, it is really the glue that holds all great relationships together. And Father, um, there's some that uh, just not, they're not keeping the small commitments in their relationship and it's hurting those relationships. God, uh, forgive us for that and help us to be committed in the small. God, uh, some we just feel like quitting. And uh, I pray God that you would give them the wisdom and the strength and the commitment needed to just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And God, uh, for some they've messed up. And um, God, I pray that you'd give them the courage to own up to those relationships. And I only just say, I'm sorry, but going, hey, I'm willing to do whatever we need to do to rebuild this relationship. Now, for some of you, uh, this goes past a personal relationship and this goes into your relationship with God. And you believe in Jesus, but you've never really committed your life to Jesus. Here's how committed he is to you. He left heaven, came to earth, went to the cross, died on the cross for your sins, rose from the dead, And every single day of your life, he's been committed to pursuing you. Why wouldn't you wanna commit your life to him? And so I'm gonna give you the the opportunity. If that's you, and you never committed your life to Jesus, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. I want you to pray with me. Father, um, I believe that you sent Jesus for me, and that uh, out of your great love, he went to the cross, bore my sins, and I believe he rose from the dead and I can have life in him father um, forgive me for my sins thank you that you sent Jesus knowing just how committed you have been to me every single day of my life now starting now I commit myself to following you thank you God for sending your son for me in Jesus name amen thanks for listening to the rich community churches podcast If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.